to talk about today the nfl is starting to ramp up training camps are back you're seeing all your favorite teams on instagram posting pics and videos and it's a lot to be excited about i don't want to crush that for you but i do have to be a bit pessimistic about what's going on we are still in a global pandemic i'm still nervous about if the season will last the entire season as a matter of fact i'm gonna have to say i don't think it will because we are not in a bubble Without a bubble, you cannot ensure the safety of all these players and their families and the staff and their families as well. Look at the NBA. When you have a bunch of players in a bubble that can't leave, all players that are together, quarantined together without the virus, no virus can get in, no virus can get out. Players are the safest when they're in that bubble. People working from home are the safest when they're working from home and staying at home. Myself, I'm the safest when I'm at home and I'm not going anywhere. NFL players are safest at the facilities, but they're not staying at the facilities. So how can you ensure that every player is going to be safe from the coronavirus and the team will be safe and the staff will be safe throughout the entire 16-week season of the NFL? I just don't see it happening. As a matter of fact, I know that the NFL is doing a lot and has a lot in place that can protect against this. I would I would even give them credit that if you're not going to have a bubble, then they're doing everything the right way. Except that the only right way is to have a bubble. The fact of the matter is testing every day is not the answer. While it is effective for the most part and the contact tracing is effective for the most part. You just got to understand that players get tested and then they don't find out the results until the next morning, right? So if I'm a player, I go home at night, I kiss my daughter and my son and my wife a good night's sleep. We have dinner together. I don't know what they did all day. And it's hard for players to be disciplined, but it's not the players I'm worried about being disciplined. I, I think everybody staying at the hotel like they are now is one of the genius ideas that will get us through training camp. And I know it's given a lot of people hope. I know that we're going to make it through training camp mostly healthy as far as COVID goes and that everybody's going to have hope that this season is going to last. But once the season starts, players are not staying in a hotel for 16 weeks, especially after they win a game. They want to go home and see their families. So the problem I have is those families that can't do anything all day and have to stay in their house all day, I don't know how responsible they'll be. I don't know if the, the mom at home doesn't want to let her children have friends over. I don't know if the parents that are going grocery shopping don't co contact the virus because people at the grocery store aren't getting tested every day. Matter of fact, there's people coming into the grocery store to shop and 
they're not tested every day. You don't know who has it around you. You go to the gas station to fill up your gas tank, you're touching the handle. Everything right now, everybody is susceptible to the virus. And if you're not around people that don't have it, then you can contact the virus. And without a bubble, you can't ensure who has it and who doesn't. So if the NBA has a bubble and everybody is doing perfectly fine, why wouldn't the NFL take that advice? We see what happened with the Miami Marlins. It's just that fast that the virus can spread. We thought it was three people, jumped to four, then 18 out of 26. Like that is ridiculous. And the NFL is not the MLB. In the MLB, you can play five games in seven days. You can't do that in the NFL. Matter of fact, players don't even want to replace their bye week with the game that they missed. It's just too much stress. It's too much risk. And then you got teams talking about they want to have fans. Like Jerry Jones was saying the other day that he expects to have fans at his stadiums. It doesn't make sense to me because you can't control this thing. And the NFL has a big brand problem, right? They always talk about protecting the shield, protecting the brand that is the shield. Well, now a player gets COVID and the whole team gets COVID and somebody dies from it back home because the player has it at home. It's just not a good look because you thought football was more important than what is going on in the world. And I love football to death. There's nothing I want to see more than, than, than teams out there playing and fighting. And I want to crown a champion. I really, really do. And I'm usually a very optimistic, positive person, but it is a pandemic. We do need to care about the players, their families, I know they didn't want to do a bubble. It's just too hard to do a bubble for 16 weeks. But because of that, I just want everybody to, to walk into the season praying for the best, but be prepared for the worst. Because without a bubble, there will be a spread. Then last thing you want is that star players are missing a primetime matchup. Last thing you want is a game has to be canceled and you have to try to find somewhere to fit it in. And if there is no bubble, people will get the virus. I know the NFL just wants to snap the helmet on, put your head down and run right through the season, but it's not going to look good and they'll be limping out at the end. But I do still have some optimism. So let's move on from that and let's talk about the positives. There's a lot going on this season, man. There's so many different things happening, so many changes happening. And I just wanted to give out my top five in the AFC and NFC as far as the quarterback position goes because it looks a lot different than it would have in previous seasons. So let me throw this out here. I did this last week on my Instagram. Make sure you check out my Instagram, journalismwjeff. Also, same thing on Twitter, JournalismWJeff, and check out my website, JournalismWJeff.com. I put on my Instagram, top five QB in the AFC and NFC. Now, the AFC was a bit of a disaster after three, and it goes to show just how different times have changed, how much times have changed, because I used to always look at the AFC as the offensive conference and the NFC as the defensive conference. You know, you got those teams, the Patriots and and the Tom Brady Patriots and the Peyton Manning Colts, even when Joe Flacco and the Ravens were, were good and won a Super Bowl, as well as the Denver Broncos with Peyton Manning. Like, AFC used to run it offensively, and then the NFC, you had the hard-nosed defenses, Seattle's defense last year. We saw the 49ers defense. 
defense was just the way to go in the NFC. Panthers defense was really good that year. So now everything is just all jumbled up. Quarterbacks are changing conferences and the AFC top five looks very different than it would have have in previous years. And same with the NFC. But I'll start off with the AFC because people seem to agree with that one the most. So, and I, I, I don't want a bunch of, I don't see a bunch of vitriol from that. So we'll start off with that one because I know most of you will agree with this. So starting off at number one, no doubt about it, Patrick Mahomes, there's not much to say. You name a quarterback that has done what he has done in just two full seasons and, you know, got a 10-year, $500 million contract. Who deserves that other than Patrick Mahomes? You see what he can do out there. There's not much that needs to be said about Mahomes. Next, I have Lamar Jackson, the reigning league MVP. I think he will follow up with a monster season this year. He is hungry, and we saw how he came into this season hungry. It's only going to get better, and he doesn't have much of a challenge in his division, and they only add in weapons at receiver. They added J.K. Dobbins in the backfield, and Lamar Jackson, like I said, he he's a focused player. He's only going to get better. Deshaun Watson is my number three. Without Deshaun Watson, Bill O'Brien would be fired. He still should be fired. But the, the Texans are nothing without Deshaun Watson. He won them that playoff game last year. Had them up 24-0 against the Chiefs in the playoffs last year. And I think Deshaun is only going to get better. And in fact, although they didn't get enough for the DeAndre Hopkins trade, I do think, I really do believe that It'll help Deshaun Watson spread the ball around a lot more. It'll help him go through his reads a lot more and progress down the field as he should with Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. I think he will have to be a much better, well-rounded quarterback because there's a lot of times where you have a star receiver and you're not afraid to let that star receiver bail you out, especially a guy like DeAndre Hopkins who did not drop the ball often in his time in Houston. So I had Deshaun Watson at number three. Now, number four and five is where you're just like, what the hell happened to the AFC? It, it gets really bad. I mean, I have been at four, and that's just because the last time I saw him, he led the league in passing yards. The Steelers missed the playoffs, though, so like I, that's why I'm still shaky about having him at four. But that team went eight and eight last year with no QB. I think Ben will be a step up, and Hopefully, he can get them in the playoffs, especially with seven slots open this upcoming season. I do believe that the the elbow surgery is concerning. I don't know if the ball will have the same zip, if he can still throw it as deep as he could before. I don't even know how well Juju is going to play being a number one this season. We were supposed to see it last season. It did not look good. But hopefully with Ben Roethlisberger, it'll be a lot better. So I got Ben at four for now, but this is mainly because the rest of the QBs in the AFC are just not really deserving of top five, which leads me to number five. I don't want to take credit away from what he did last year, but Josh Allen did lead the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs. Although they lost, he was proven to be the guy that they thought they had when they tra- when they drafted him just a few years ago. So I do like what I've seen from him. I hope they let him throw the ball down the field a little more last next year. But mostly he's in the top five because of he made the playoffs last year and he the rest of the quarterbacks just aren't deserving. Baker Mayfield threw 20 interceptions last year. Phillip Rivers threw 20 interceptions last year. Josh 
Sam Darnold actually, excuse me, did not play amazingly well last season. I mean, he had some some heroic moments, but he still threw 19 picks last year. Like that whole AFC conference offensively has changed a lot from what it used to be. And I'm not saying there were five great quarterbacks in the past, but the top five just looked a lot better and a lot greater than what we're seeing now, if you ask me. So that's my top five in the AFC. Now let's move on to the NFC. And this is the one that people attacked a lot. And it's not necessarily because of the top three, but it is because of the last person. And I'm just going to leave it there. So the with this top five list, I just want to make it known that like any business, like Target, your Walmarts, any major corporation, you look at the past to project the future, right? You look at your past sales, how you did when you released a product in the summertime, how well did that product do? And then you project how this summer you your release of a product will do based on that, right? So when I look at these quarterbacks, this all these lists are going into this 2020 season. But I have to reflect on last year and previous years to understand why and where I'm projecting them at, right? So with that being said, I, I don't think there'll be much dispute with some of these names, but I do think at the end it gets a little tricky, but I'll address it all. Number one is the second best quarterback in the league behind Patrick Mahomes. He can do everything Patrick Mahomes can do. He's just a little bit shorter, but he has less weapons. And that is Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson, who's never received the MVP vote in his time in the league, which is crazy to me. Last year, he won 11 one-possession games. You only win 11 one-possession games when your quarterback is the difference maker on the field. So I believe Russell is the second-best quarterback in the league, which makes him the first-best quarterback in the, in the NFC. And I think that he'll only get better with Metcalf stepping up and Tyler Lockett obviously there. Hopefully Chris Carson can put together a full season and they can have some stability at the running back position. But like I said, there's nobody in the NFC I would take over Russell right now. Number two, and this one got some pushback, Aaron Rodgers. Now I know Aaron Rodgers did not have a typical Aaron Rodgers season, but you got to understand he played for Mike McCarthy for like a decade. And now he's going to this new young coach who also isn't that proven. And they were run heavy, to be honest, with Aaron Jones. And so it was a lot of, a lot of changes for Aaron Rodgers. And also, it's not like he had Devontae Adams for every game. Devontae Adams was hurt sometimes. And that's also the only weapon he has to throw the ball to. Jimmy Graham is not what he used to be. But I still believe in Aaron Rodgers. I think he still threw single-digit interceptions and over 20 touchdowns last season. Still led them, still led them to thirteen and three, an NFC Championship game. Just pumped the brakes on Aaron Rodgers. He is not done yet. I, I, I think we'll see some improvement from him this year. And he just got a chip added to his shoulder because they drafted Jordan Love. And the last thing you want to do is to see a Hall of Fame goat-like type quarterback with a chip on his shoulder. That is going to be painful for the rest of the league. So that also leads me to the next guy, number three. I have Tom Brady, another guy with a chip on his shoulder, goat chip on his shoulder. You put a goat and you put a chip on his shoulder, he's only going to be meaner and better and more focused than he's ever had before. And the reason why Brady has a chip on his shoulder because y'all told him he was done. 
Max Kellerman told him he was going to fall off a cliff. Y'all told him last season did not look good. Y'all told him he ended his career as a Patriot with an interception. And Bill Belichick deserves all the credit. Well, now he has all the weapons. He has a good coach. The defense is pretty good. They have a great defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles. And that team is going to be really good. And that team is going to be fighting in a very, very tough division. But this is what Brady wants. Now he gets eight games at Tampa. Those December games at home are not going to be what he's used to in Foxborough. They're not going to be those cool games in Foxborough. And I think that I think that helps Brady. I think he has two great receivers that can get the ball from all angles and all areas and they will just elevate his play. Three tight ends in the rotation with Cameron Bree, Rob Gronkowski, and O.J. Howard. Ronald Jones in the backfield. That team is going to be very, very good and dangerous. And like I said, I wouldn't sleep on Tom Brady. I know last year watching him play, he wasn't as good as he used to be, but he was still a guy that on third down, you need to move the chains. That guy was going to move the chains for you. So don't sleep on Tom Brady. But like I said, he is in a tough division, and that leads me to number four. I have Drew Brees. Now, a lot of people don't think Drew Brees is what he used to be, and I understand that. Drew Brees lost some of his deep ball, but he still has Michael Thomas. They added Emmanuel Sanders, and they still are the top team in the NFC the last few seasons. Like, I'm not done with the Saints. You shouldn't be done with the Saints either. They're going to move that football. Sean Payton knows what he's doing. Drew Brees... Had some extra time off last season with the thumb injury. I think he's going to come in a lot more focused, especially after the whole kneeling on the flag incident. I think he wants to come in and he wants to earn the respect back of the city, earn the respect back of his teammates. Drew Brees is going to come in focused. And the addition of Emmanuel Sanders is a big-time addition. Don't don't sleep on that. We saw him get open deep late in the in the Super Bowl last year. That guy will be the difference maker for both Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. You can see Michael Thomas get open a lot more, less double teams. Drew Brees is not done, but he's still in a hard division, just like Tom Brady, because at number five, I have Matt Ryan. That NFC South is really tough, man. I don't think people understand how hard it is it's going to be to make the playoffs now that three teams from the division can, can really get in. And there's seven teams in total. I, I think that NFC South could have three teams. But the reason why I have Matt Ryan, and I, this one got, this was the guy that got a lot of pushback. People were like, Matt Ryan, like, what has he done since 2016? What has he done since they lost in the Super Bowl? I'll tell you what he's done. He's done for 4K every single year. He's last year he threw four, 45 plus 100 yards, 24 TDs, 26 TDs, excuse me, and 14 picks. And he was sacked more than any quarterback in the league last year. Also finished six and two on the season. They had a one and seven start. He finished six and two. Like to get that team to seven and nine after finish starting off one and seven, that's pretty damn good. And y'all can sleep on Matt Ryan if you want to. I know that boy is still hungry. I know that boy can still throw that rock, and I know he still has all the weapons he needs. Hopefully, Todd Gurley can be healthy. That'll just add to the offense. My goodness, they have a lot of firepower over there. And they're going to be in battles this year. They're going to be in battles in that division twice a year, six times a year for each team they play. Don't even sleep on the Panthers. Like They're going to have to put up some points, and I think Matt Ryan will be the difference maker for them. 
but he won't be the reason if they don't make the playoffs. That division is just ridiculously hard. So I have Matt Ryan at number five, and I will address number six and number seven because I know people want to throw them in there. So I have Carson Wentz at number six. And the reason why I don't have Carson Wentz in my top five, yes, y'all might think he's better than Matt Ryan, but how can I put a guy in the top five if I've never seen him in a playoff game? Top five means that I believe in you. I believe that you can play in the playoffs because I've seen it before. I haven't seen it from Wentz, and I don't doubt that he can do it, but I just want to see it. And I don't even care if they win or lose. I don't care if the Eagles lose a playoff game. I want to see Wentz play well in a win or a loss. If I can see Wentz withstand the pressure, withstand the type of atmosphere that the playoffs has to offer and I can see him play well and really dominate his opponent and maybe be the reason they win but not be the reason that the Eagles lose I'll tip my hat to him and I'll give him number five over Matt Ryan but until then I don't know what I have in in Carson Wentz as far as a clutch quarterback he hasn't been good or really great in fourth quarters they beat up on a lot of bad teams last year so I know people want to give them credit and give him credit for not having any receivers and throwing for 4,000 yards with no receiver over 500. That's that's pretty damn good. But like I said, it's the clutchness and the playoff factor for me when it comes to top five quarterbacks. And then Dak Prescott, I have at number seven. The reason why I don't have Dak higher than Wentz, because I am a Cowboys fan, but I like to be fair. I don't have Dak higher than Wentz because I don't feel like Dak is the X factor in the Cowboys winning playoff games or winning games, period. Dak needs to be the X factor. Like I said about Russell, Russell Wilson is the reason why the Seahawks won 11 one-possession games last season. The Cowboys lost all of their one-possession games last year. The Cowboys lost every game that they were trailing at half in. And I believe if Dak Prescott elevates his game, then he is the reason that they win each and every one of those games. He's the reason why they beat the Vikings instead of losing to the Vikings league. He's the reason why they beat the Eagles to get to the playoffs. He's the reason why they beat the Patriots in that tight game that they had. Like, Dak has to be the difference maker. In these one-possession games, these late one-possession games, nobody's really scoring. He needs to be the difference maker. And I've seen three games last season where he couldn't even get the Cowboys in the end zone. That is unacceptable. So I have Dak at six and those are my top five in the AFC and NFC. Now things can change this upcoming season uh, and I'll be happy to see it. Maybe Dak takes a step up. Carson gets to the playoffs and, and wins a playoff game. Drew Brees takes a step back. Anything can happen. I'm excited to see it. I'm really, really hoping for it. But I thank you all for tuning in, man. And definitely be sure to check out Say It On It on YouTube. Be sure to check out my website, journalismwjeff.com, and follow me on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, journalismwjeff. I got so much more content for you guys. This is just the beginning, and we just getting started. But for now, I'm out.